I'd like to welcome you to drink from the fire hose that is the Two Noobs Talking Podcast. For those of you who are returning listeners or viewers, welcome back. For those who are first-timers, I can promise you we are funnier than a sitting incumbent president who may not make the ballot for the primary in New Hampshire. There you go. Pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> but so we got episode 138 coming at you. Uh, as always with me on this side, yeah, this side yeah. is jumping, jumping Tracy. On this side is the meticulous Matt Craig. For your safety, I'm sterilized Steve Murray. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Two Noobs Talking. John, how are things going in your neck of the woods? We're Texasing. I just got back from uh, Eagle Pass, where the president likes to go when during border crisis when you don't need to because it's probably the safest town in Texas. Um, he, he goes beautiful to first time. since when? He did once. <laughs> oh, he did once. He went okay. right to Eagle Pass. Yeah, right to Eagle oh, Pass. Oh, there you go. Okay. It's not Rio Grande. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful scenery. Yeah. Love it. There you go. Gotta have the photo up. Yep. Uh, Mr. Matt, you had a quite an exciting time yesterday, so uh, let's hear about that. Oh, yeah. No, everything's good. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I had a great time going to the uh, Phillies. Put a stop to the Cubs beating us for the last, you know, few series. I felt it incumbent upon myself and part of Two Noobs history to go there and to say, you know what, Cubbies, you're a good team, but we're going to put a stop to this winning streak you've had. And boy, did we ever put a stop to it. Um, Kyle Schwarber with the Grand Slam, and the party was on at that point. Uh, but what made it really cool was the fact that I went um, to the game with a good buddy of mine uh, from the church I go to. He's the organist, actually. And he is a lifelong Cubs fan. He grew up in and around the Chicago area. And so he loved the Cubs. And so to be there with him... Um, you know, when the Phillies are doing good was very awkward and very interesting, uh, but a lot of fun though. We were ribbing each other a little bit and, uh, you know, I mean, he was decked out in his full Cubs gear. I was of course decked out in my full Phillies gear. It was quite the scene. Uh, it was really cool. Loved it. So you know, he had a lot of fun. Uh, he egged on a lot of the, uh, of the Phillies fans when the Cubs were down 10 to two. Uh, at one point, so it was, you know, but he wasn't like over the top, you know, he was just like, hey, look at me, look at all that kind of stuff. It wasn't like that. It wasn't anything like you suck or anything like that, which I heard a ton of from the Phillies fans, of course. But of course. Uh, I'm uh, yeah. I'm kind of expecting it was like I went to years ago, I went to an Eagles Browns game mm. um, and there was a Browns fan sitting a few seats down from me. Yeah. But the. um the vitriol directed at that Browns fan was really kind of half-hearted. Yeah. We almost, it was almost like we felt sorry for him. Yeah. It was like, eh, eh. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I kind of picture that might have been like yesterday. Pretty you much. Two, you yeah. had two franchises, not one. <laughs> they only got good after you left. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, but it was interesting, um, you know. And there were there were a fair number of Cubs fans. It was interesting. It was like uh, you know, most most of the uh, obviously it was all Phillies, but you saw pockets of Cubs fans in there here and there sprinkled throughout. It was really cool. And uh, no, it's not cool. We must put a stop to it. Yes. Well, we did. We crushed them, which was great. So I mean, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. So there you go. Shout but out to Ryan. There mission you go, accomplished. Good. Mission accomplished. Mission so. accomplished. Yeah. All right. Speaking of accomplishing a mission, which the Toronto Maple Leafs cannot seem to do, we got uh, W Energy Drinks brings you our over 40 and fun fact. 
Uh, visit w.gg, D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Enter the promo code two noobs talking. It's T-O-O as in also noobs, not dose noobs. And you'll get 10% off your order, whatever flavors you like. John, what is our over or no, I'm sorry. You've got the fun fact. Yes, my bad. Fun. What is our fun fact for today? So I learned uh, a couple hours ago that cows have best friends. And they find that when they, they're not around their best friends, they are more stressed than they are when they're with their best friends. I find cows so damn interesting. I see them all the time. In farm. <laughs> I find their, their relationships and the way they walk and there's like leads. It just blows my I I want to just be a cattle rancher, but I don't want to be a guy that does the work. I just want to follow cows around because they just, they're awesome. <laughs> I saw a little one. I was telling my wife, I saw a little one. So I guess the mom was walking a little ahead and oh. the little one was grazing and wasn't paying attention at all. Of a sudden he starts galloping to get to his mom. And I, <laughs> I, I, immediately oh, thought, <laughs> I immediately thought of the TikTok thing. That's like, Hey, wait for me. I've got little legs. That's what I thought about as soon as I saw him run to try to catch up to, to his mom. And I just, that's they make me fun. smile. So that's awesome. I have questions. <laughs> must, their, must their friends be of the same species? I don't know. I think they're talking cow, cow to cow relationship. Like they have a best there friend that happens to be a cow. Hmm. Who would have ever so thought they're that? standing next to each other in the milking line. Yes. I'm uh, pretty sure that donkeys are pretty popular to roam around. Hmm. So they, they could probably have a donkey as a best friend. Not like there Shrek you. and donkey, but like an actual donkey that's... Hmm. Apparently a badass. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. There you go. Donkeys are badass. Well, uh, I think we have a, a, a new show to pitch Animal Planet where John yes. follows around a bunch of cows with yep. a camera. I think uh, that would actually. Well, I'll me? be more entertaining than Eric Young. So I uh, <laughs> just get, get me on whatever weird channel he was on access or whatever it was. There you go. There you go. Oh, and with that, we move over to Matt for the over 40. What you got for us this week, man? Yeah, Steve, uh, I, I got a uh, bone to pick with people that are trying to drive or attempting to drive cars. You Not go. using your oh. turn signals. What the hell? Right? I, I mean, feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You know, it's like I was driving in around a parking lot and, you know, you're expecting for someone to come out or... You know, as you're coming out of the parking lot, they're coming down the street and they're slowing down and they're not using their turn signal. And I'm thinking that would have been nice if you would have been telling me that you were turning right. How about you turn on the stupid turn signal to let me get out and get to where I need to go rather than me just sitting there like a dumbass waiting for your dumbass to get in the parking lot. So that's point number one. And then point number two is people that leave the turn signal on way too long. Too long, yeah. Mm-hmm. As in they're driving all the way and it's like they get to an intersection and you're expecting them to make the left turn. But nope, they keep going straight. And then they figure out it's the next intersection. And it's like, oh my gosh. I would love for people to go back to driving school and learn how to use these things. <laughs> I really, really do. Please, for the love of God. That's all I'm asking. Just go and I relearn the- how to use it. Yeah. I think the, there's a, there's probably a correlation between age and how long you leave the turn signal on that yes. probably goes like this. <laughs> I would assume. <laughs> the, longer, the longer the turn signal gets on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Yeah. I've got a colleague at work who tells me his uh, his former mother-in-law bragged about how there was a um, an alarm in her car that would let her know when the turn signal was on too long. Hmm. Brilliant. As it turned out, it would only go off if the turn signal had been on for 20 minutes. Wow. <laughs> wow. You have, confu- you have confused a hell of a lot of people in 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, if we could shorten that down to two minutes, that'd be great. Or maybe 30 <laughs> seconds or something along yeah, those 30 lines. Yeah, se- you know, 30 seconds is enough. I would think. 30 seconds. It ought to be. Well, I mean, if you're stuck at a light, yeah. I can understand, you know, because yeah. you're, you're waiting to go, the turn signal might be on. So maybe two minutes is more of a... That's more of a, yeah, you probably have been having this on for way too long. Yeah. Time yeah. Frame. And I would want a law, loud, audible, like, horn going off in, in the interior of the cabin to really annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something well, it like has to that, get over basically. most people's music at this point. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's true, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to add one more thing to your comment on the turn signals. I feel that the people who drive the cars with the turn signals that go, like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. obnoxious. That's obnoxious. Yeah. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, very pretentious. Just get a normal turn signal. Blink, blink, blink. blink what was blink. even funnier? Really, to, to close this out, what was really funny was we, uh, one of my friends and I, were driving together and we're trailing behind a construction, one of those big gigantic signs, you know, with you mm-hmm. know, turn left, turn right. So, this one guy that was driving had it hooked up to his own car and he was turning like switching and you could see it like blink loud he's going to the left he's going to the right you know that kind of (laughs) it was just the most hilarious thing we we were laughing hysterically at this and thinking like that would be so funny if it was like that gigantic of an oversized you know what i mean like a oversized uh traffic or an oversized signal light on your cars i'm going left you know okay we get it you know that kind of t- that would be hilarious to have so sadly some people need it <laughs> exactly and speaking of sadly topic one oh. gentlemen the the philadelphia 76ers out in the second round yet again hmm. uh and to all those people who think we're being hypocrites for picking on the toronto maple leafs um we Sixer fans had no illusion that we were going to get past the Boston Celtics at this point. Mm. I think that most people had the feeling, and I certainly didn't, that they had shown enough this year that they could beat the Celtics in, in the playoffs. Uh, whereas the Toronto Maple Leafs fans think they're going to win the Stanley Cup every <laughs> single year. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, ta-da. Ta-da. Yes. Uh, but so, yeah, they, uh, surprisingly to me, they took the Celtics to seven. Um Unfortunately, couldn't close the deal. More unfortunately, I think getting run out of the building in Game 7 was uh, somewhat embarrassing yeah. uh, for the franchise in the city. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the fallout, of course, since then is that Doc Rivers lost his job after three seasons mm-hmm. with the Sixers. Uh, all second-round exits, by the way, which preceded Brett Brown's firing, or succeeded Brett Brown's firing after he had gone bunch of times uh, i believe out in the second round uh so we're we're stuck in purgatory here gentlemen um and i'm gonna pull a shocker and i'm gonna go to matt first because he wasn't <laughs> expecting it <laughs> um, matt uh, i don't think you you i don't think you watched the game um 
just in general, your impressions of the of the Sixers playoff performance and the season in general. Yeah, I'd like to thank the host for passing it, the baton over to me. Uh, <laughs> I have to <laughs> I have to admit that you know, I really my fandom for the NBA disappeared when Jordan retired. Kobe kept me in it for a little bit, but to, with all impractical purposes, my fandom for the NBA died in the late '90s when Jordan retired, and so I'm coming at this really from a perspective of. Okay, I'm I'm a fan of the Sixers, but I don't follow them that closely. Uh, but I keep up and say, okay, I know who's like I have an idea on who's on the roster, but I don't sit down and watch every single game. That being said, though, um, it is incredibly frustrating to have to go three consecutive seasons and not get past the second round, despite the fact you've got Joel Embiid, despite the fact you have James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, who's like playing really is coming along so, so well as a young player. And the sky's the limit for that kid. I I do not know, guys, where that organization goes from here. You know, you're going to bring in a brand new coach. We don't know at the time of this recording if James Harden is going to exercise his player option and stay with us or re-sign a new deal. Or the rumor is he might be moving to Houston, going back there, which I don't understand why, because they stink oh, from what I understand. He absolutely loves exactly what I love about Houston. You oh, can there you go. have a you can live a nice life there and you can have it's a beautiful city. It's a he's not going back for basketball, trust me. Uh, he's going back because he likes it. John, I, I, I John, I didn't know you frequented strip clubs. <laughs> I I frequented I've frequented Houston for the past Four years, yeah. it is a. I, I totally understand why someone would want to just just buy a house, stay. It's a beautiful city. It's a it's a huge city. It's a wonderful. People are great there. Yeah, you can have all the fun that you want to have and more if you want to have more. Um, it's definitely available to you. And James Harden <laughs> likes a good nightclub. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Harden in a little bit. Um. I'll give you my overview of the series before I turn it over to the yeah. guy who actually watched Game 7. I was just too nervous to watch. There you go. Understood. Uh, it was also Mother's Day and we were hosting, so I didn't really have a chance. Yeah, there you go. Um, I didn't think going into this series they really had a chance. They won Game 1. I was like, mm, that's nice. They lost the next two. I was like, well, here we go. We're going to go out in five. Mm-hmm. They won Game 4. Um, I was like, oh, okay, 2-2. Two, two. We've, we've made an effort. They blew them out in Game 5. I was like... Possible. Maybe they got a chance now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've got a chance. When they lost game six, I was like, uh, mm. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And then game seven, of course. John, wh- where where did you kind of lose the hope for winning this series? Uh, and just what, what was your impressions? Because uh, what I get from game seven was people were complaining that Embiid and Harden didn't seem like they were fighting to the end. Mm. Uh, which would be disappointing given how what we've seen out of Bryce Harper in October and uh, Jalen Hurts in February, where yes. guys just, you know, fighting to the bitter last second. Yeah. That's a part of the problem is I think the expectation for this team was extremely higher than their than their ability. Um, mm-hmm. James Harden is amazing. He's also streaky as hell. Um, g- game one was awesome. And I was like, oh, wow, this is okay. Okay, we might, we might, we stole a game. We might be in this series. Mm-hmm. And B comes back, the team changes. Always. This is just, we've seen it a million times. And B's out, team looks really good. And B comes back, 
team floats on around Embiid, it's fine. It's the way it's the, the way the Sixers are. I feel the city overvalued them. Huh. I, I, I really do. I don't I did not think they were a championship team. I was actually shocked when they won what was it, game whatever game it was, and all of a sudden the odds, the betting odds for them to win the NBA title shot through the roof and then they what? lost and then it went right back down again. And I was like, that's bizarre. That happened probably game five. five. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was what it, all of a sudden Vegas was like Oh, they blow like they blow them out. They're gonna they're they're gonna kill the Heat. They're gonna they're gonna move on. And I didn't feel that way. Um, I was hoping that we were gonna exercise some demons and get out of the the uh, second round. Um, but as I just learned, I didn't know this. Um, Doc Rivers hasn't got past the semifinals in like a decade. <laughs> so I would have been less. Um, sure that they had a chance if I would have known that stat. I didn't <laughs> learn that stat until after I got fired. I was like, I'm, so my confidence in Doc Rivers was like 50% anyway. That would have dropped it back to 30. Um, <laughs> I think he has lost more game sevens in history as a coach than any other coach, yeah. I believe. Gosh. Is the stat I heard. Yeah, it's so bizarre. My point with the Sixers is I enjoy watching Joel Embiid play. I love watching James Harden play. I've said it on Facebook a million times. When they first got Harden, I I used to spend a lot of time in Houston, and I would watch a lot of Houston Rockets games when he was there. And it was just fun to watch him play. And then he was a sixer. Made it even more fun. I had Embiid and Harden. Oh, I'm having a good time. And then this Maxi kid comes along, and I'm like, well, this is just fun. I like watching people that know how to do stuff do stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it was fun for me. I don't think I had an expectation they didn't have the team for it. They have they have they had a really good three point percentage for the year, mm-hmm. but it disappeared in the playoffs. So who and that's put that... the way basketball is. You gotta blame Doc. I was just <laughs> like, gonna say, like, who do you blame at that point? Is it is it um the GM? Is it Maury? Does he have a hand in this too? Johnny? It's probably or... ever it's <laughs> They're, it always is. They're still yeah. playing the process game. The process is far over. <laughs> like, wasn't that a decade ago or something? That's like what that? I'm saying. Like, they're yeah. still playing the process game. Oh, we've got some pieces. They're milking it for everything they have. So yeah. it's probably just everybody and fans included. Hmm. It's it isn't the process anymore. This is a team that can finish third in the conference. You need to now think. You need a coach. You might need a general manager. You might need a star player that can take this team that can finish third now. And we're talking or the LeBron. Yeah, the LeBron yeah. era is over. So you you can you can have a dominant team now. Um, you know, the, the the Warriors aren't the Warriors like they were a couple years ago. So you can start to think of building a young nucleus and moving forward and and maybe competing and I, I thought about this. We talked about it in pre-production. I was dead set on someone needed to get fired. That's why Doc got fired. Hmm. I don't think I believe that, thinking more about it. I think it's time that they just need to retool and really look at the roster and say, I've got this guy. I've got this guy. What do I need to put around him to make him better? And, and B needs to improve himself. Oh, yeah. 
I need to see some maxi improvement out of Embiid. Ball handling, shot selection, be a big man every once in a while. Don't hang out at the three-point line so much. Yeah, beat the absolute crap out of Al Horford. I mean, come on. He does it to all the other he does it to all the other guys in the league. He he embarrasses these guys, but apparently when he comes up against Al Horford, Al Horford takes his lunch and kicks him out at recess every time. I don't get it. Yeah. No. It's a, well, it's a man the thing. Is, it's a man thing. The reality is, though, Doc did get fired. Mm-hmm. Um, so now undergoes the process of replacing him. Um, I heard late last week that Nick Nurse has, has interviewed or will be interviewing shortly. Um, he had formerly coached the Toronto Raptors, won a title with them in 2019, the Kawhi Leonard year yeah. that Toronto had. Um, other candidates possibly in-house, you've got Sam Cassell. Uh, they have uh, Mike Budenholzer, who mm-hmm. recently was fired from the Milwaukee okay. Bucks after winning a championship with them mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. Um, 80 Billion year old Mike D'Antoni, who <laughs> coached James Harden in Houston. Yes. Uh, and the and the fired uh, former coach of the year, Monty Williams from the yeah. Phoenix Suns, are among the candidates listed. You mean you're not going to go for JJ Reddick there, Steve? A three to no. one odds to no, get No, no. That had to be a joke. That had to be, too. <laughs> had to be a joke. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Don't forget, uh, uh, Frank Vogel was one, one name that I saw. Um, oh yeah, the one that formerly of the Lakers. Yes. What a bubble title! Yes, yeah. with uh, yes, ninety-year-old LeBron. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Um, I I hope I ha- hell no. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I saw I saw him on a couple lists, and I was like, I don't like these lists. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt, I know you're rather naive on this, mm-hmm. but is there any any name there that kind of excites you or or gets you? more pumped about than others on the list? I mean, to be perfectly honest, I think the Milwaukee coach, uh, Budenholzer, I think you guys mm-hmm. said before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that he worked really well with Giannis, and I'm thinking, okay, if Budenholzer can come in and help Embiid essentially be Giannis 2.0 for us, good start. Because it literally was, everything revolved around Giannis on the on the mm-hmm. offensive side, I believe, for the Bucks when they won the championship. And they were really kind of, uh, I mean, they were like, I think they are one of the best teams in the NBA. They were the number one seed in the yeah. East this year. Yeah. There you go. They play so, really good basketball. Yeah. And I think that's probably, like, if he's out there, I don't know how the Sixers don't at least take a look at him and talk to him about this position. I think there are pieces to John's point, I think there are pieces in place. The question is, what coach is going to work? And, I mean, you got to... If you're Joel Embiid, and we have waxed eloquent about him, he is a fantastic player. But for him to come up small in Game 7, specifically, guys, that kind of reminded me of one Ben Simmons, and we got him out of town. Now, and I'm not saying we're going to do that with Ben, with... Uh, <laughs> They're completely two different people on this earth. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. And but my point, I mean, we gotta toughen this guy up. I know, like Chuck Charles Barkley always says, why does he shoot the three? He should be a post player down low. And I'm thinking to myself, I would agree. Why does he take the three-point shot? Like, if you're and I understand it, like he's a good shooter, 
But to me, it's like you're seven feet t- seven foot tall. You got 280 pounds. Pound them. Pound them down there in, in the low block. Really? If you're on the... And I'm thinking that's what they that's what Giannis did with the Bucks when they won the championship and Budenholzer was the coach. So maybe that might be my selection. I, I, I mean, I want to I want to see Joel get better, continually mm-hmm. to get better at where he's at. But mm-hmm. him taking three point shots with Doc, no, I, I don't think that works anymore. I, I, uh, yeah, I can understand the sentiment. I think he was fired, kind of. Wrong. I mean, I know they went out in the first round, yeah. uh, but I mean, Giannis was injured like five minutes into yeah. game one. Yeah. I think at least one other game in the series mm-hmm. and clearly was not. I mean, I saw the play where he got injured. Dude fell like 10 feet onto yeah. his back. Yeah. I mean, he was not right for the rest of the series. I can't understand why he would get blamed for and that. And they ran into. What are you looking for in the next coach and who of that list? kind of excites you real quick on him he gets fired because they ran into a buzzsaw i don't think he deserved to be fired at all yeah and it's rumors that the bucks are looking at uh the one doc rivers to take them to the promised land <laughs> which cracks me up in like that's funny no, no thanks i when in pre-production um you you were joking around and you threw nick nurse at me and i i poo-pooed it immediately um <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming around. Uh, there's a lot of good media people in Philadelphia that can write really good articles that can change people's <laughs> minds quickly. Cause I started to read up on them a little and I'm like, it's not a bad decision. I, I was, yeah. I was Thursday. I was completely no way. No, how I don't want that guy at all. I mm. like Budenhausen. I want to see Sam Cassell for, for different yeah. reasons. I want to see Sam Cassell get his first shot. He's been yeah. an assistant coach since Oh nine. Like, consistently yeah he deserves his first shot he's also in the in the backgrounds of the right rights to ricky sanchez podcast who i love uh howard eskin's kid spike you're amazing and keep doing your stuff um he always talks about how cassell was a huge he's a huge piece to maxi's development and the one thing i care about more than Embiid's development is getting a point guard shooting guard to develop 30 40 points a game instead of the the 20 to 30 he's getting now mm-hmm. and the i want to see other guys develop and i know uh anthony melton will develop under castell uh not his defense because his defense is dead good <laughs> his offense could develop and a guy like b-ball paul might, might develop even more instead of like b-ball paul right now is the baby draft that joel Embiid was in the beginning where he's slapping all over the place. And the, oh, look, I got a ball. I put it in here. If you can develop that, that, that young nucleus yeah. of just guys that need basketball and, and beads, one of them, they need mm-hmm. a bigger basketball IQ. I think Sam Cassell is the best person for that. Hmm. Is, is he enough of a change in culture, which is usually what you're looking for in a coaching change at the end of the season i really don't want this is the question i don't really want to change the offense and the culture i want to develop the players and doc rivers isn't a player developer he's a he's a coach he just he takes good players and they win i think if we kind of keep it the way it is and add a voice like sam cassell that is more of a teacher that might help also if you go outside 
Nick Nurse might not be a bad idea because he's been in Toronto getting getting diamonds out of complete shit up there until they <laughs> <laughs> that team that that team that won the championship they weren't much better than the Sixers and they looked far better than the Sixers that year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of good players, we come now to Harden, mm-hmm. um, who you both mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, he has indicated he will opt out. Mm-hmm. The question is whether he will re-sign a deal here or look to sign elsewhere. The The rumors flying around late last week were that he is dead set on going back to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Sixers' side of things, do you want him back? Yes. Um and if you don't want him back, what is plan B, mm. Matt? What do you think? Yeah, I think the plan B, what you just asked that question, Steve, that is really scary because, I mean, everything revolved around hard distributing the basketball. And I'm thinking, like, if they put Maxi at point, that might help to alleviate it, but it's not a James Harden. Yeah, so... It's going to be tough. It really is going to be an interesting situation. I mean, I would like to keep him. I don't know how for how long, though. I know I think he wants... John, what did you say? Four years. Four, four, years? Years. four, years. four years. Yep. He's looking for a four... A, a decent... He's looking for a Tobias Harris contract at four years, basically. Okay. Which you know, yeah. he will get. There, there's not a team that won't give it to him. Yeah. But, I mean, how old is he? Is he, like, in his mid to late 30s now? He's 32, Pardon? I believe. Oh, wow. I thought he was... No, no. He's 34? He's, he's been in the league like 15 yeah, years. Yeah, th- th- 32. He's mid-30s. If Okay. Uh, he's he's not late 30s at all. He's mid-30s. Okay. Th- that's what I was wondering, yeah, if he was late 30s or not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just, uh, well, then, yeah. I, I mean, I, the age, I think, if he was probably pushing 37, 38, then it's like, okay, you kind of just let him walk. But at the same time... Yeah, he's not old enough to just kick him out the pasture exactly right. yeah so there's still some good years left i, I mean the question is d- does he want to stay do we want to give him that cut co- he's 33 he's 33 there you go probably had a birthday and i missed it oh, well, Sorry, there you go. happy birthday james harden <laughs> <laughs> we want you i back. bought you a drink if i would have been around you uh, there you go <laughs> no i would i i would keep him Steve, to be honest, uh, go back to your original question. I would keep him, uh, just knowing that information about him. Um, assuming he wants to stay. Assuming here. he wants to stay here, yeah. And um, you know, to be honest, I think you know whoever they put in, if it's Sam Cassell to John's point, or if it's Budenholzer, you know, my selection. I think having a Harden available on the roster will definitely help to distribute, you know, can distribute the basketball. He's one of the best passers in the NBA for what I understand. And so, you know, I, I think you do try and run it back again, but I mean, if they get to be the third seed again, and we're back to say square one, you know, we beat the Brooklyn in the first round, then all of a sudden who do we face, right? I mean, we're going to be facing the top two, one of the top two seeds in the conference. So yeah, it's right. going to be, how can we get past this mental hurdle of the second round. That's really the big question. John, if Harden stays, what else can you do to this team around your big three, if we include Maxi, yes. to push them further in the playoffs? It, it's it, it's clear. Tobias Harris has to go. 
You have to sign and trade him. You have to get him. I love the dude. He's awesome. When Embiid's on the when he, Embiid's hurt and Harden's hurt, he's your guy. He's 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 awesome. He's he's a good basketball player. But what you might need is a three that is a lockdown defender that can take the pressure off of Harden, can take the pressure off of Embiid with a Tatum like a DeAnthony Melton, but better. Mm. And longer that can come into the game and be like, all right, Tatum, you're you're done. Like I don't I don't care. Like you're not a part of this. We're gonna focus on putting Harden on Jalen Brown, and then we're gonna have Embiid be able to work both of them to block more shots and that kind of thing. Hmm. I think they uh, uh, Tobias Harris isn't that defensive guy that you needed that position. You when you have he has improved defensively. Oh, oh big, give him that. big time. Way better than he was when he first got here. Big time, but not. I just don't think it's a piece that fits if you're going to go forward with Harden, Maxi, and Embiid on the floor. You don't need a guy that can shoot. You need a guy. You need a PJ Tucker, but smaller kind of thing. You need that. You need that guy that might be able to shoot the three, but can get back on defense and take that pressure off. That's where I think. I think that's where the Sixers and Doc. Doc. I don't think Doc is smart at all defensively. Um. He just seemed seemed to use to yell when they were oh, blah, 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 and nothing would <laughs> ever out. change yeah. defensively because <laughs> it would just be Harden in and Embiid on a switch and then they would get the best player and then sometimes Embiid would follow the guy to the cup and then sometimes he wouldn't and then sometimes Harden that would follow. actually <laughs> that reminds me um, to get back on the coaching for a second. Mm. There were times where I'd be watching a Sixer game and they'd come out of a timeout with an inbound and look worse the opportunity <laughs> and they would look like they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Wow. Yeah. And I've got to put that on coaching. I, I can't imagine I, that when you're working a set play off a timeout, I can't imagine that the blame falls anywhere, but on the coach. How, yeah. Like, and how do you not do like a pick and roll for crying out loud, just set a pick and come off of that out of the floor and get past them. Well, that's normally what they do. Cause that's their offense, but oh, yeah. I think uh, was it was it the final game against Boston in the regular season where they, it, we were up like five and they had an inbound and Joel Embiid like put had to push off to get space yes. and got fouled or that it was gosh I would that was the most disgusting display of yes. of an inbound yes. I've ever That's seen wild wow um but to go from the you know the obvious now to the ridiculous. Mm. Uh, Joel Embiid, there are some people who are now looking to run him out of town. Um, sell high on an MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Matt? Absolutely not. Franchise player. Um, I get the frustration, you know, especially in game seven. You know, he comes up small. You were hoping that the MVP would be, you know, there for you, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is just typical Philly frustration. Oh, we just got to just blow it up all over again. No, 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 no. You know, it's like if you blow it up all over again, guess what? You're down the pits again, and they don't want to be there. They're they're a playoff team. The question is again, mental hurdle. You got to get over the top mm-hmm. of this. And one of those is the guy that we have put a lot of faith and trust in, in in Joel. And we love JoJo, and he's a great player. He's beloved in this city. Um, you know, for the most part, uh, if you're talking to some Sixers fans, that kind of a deal. But no, you keep them. You keep them in and you just ride that 
you just ride him until he can't play anymore. Really, I mean, he is <laughs> that valuable of a franchise uh, altering player. So, uh, so Matt says, "Screw you, Joe Giglio, whatever, <laughs> whatever your name is." <laughs> um, I, I would love to see him get healthy in a playoff. Mm-hmm. Yes, round. Um, I'm not. You know, it's not his fault nope. that he gets smashed in the face one year or he steps on a guy's foot another year. It's, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. You just hope he can get some luck along the way. But John, your uh, your thoughts on what to do with Embiid, if anything. My thoughts on Joe haven't changed since he's gotten to this league. And they've tried this before. Um, not well, but they've tried this. What you need to do in the regular season is get a big man, like name the 37 big men that we've signed, and starting with Al Horford moving forward. Um, we've had Drummond. We've had uh, the dude that's in Japan. We've had every... We've had Dwight, Dwight Howard. We've had every run-of-the-mill, last-ditch effort center to be what they need for him is someone that can spell minutes for him to not have to play so much in the regular season so he gets healthy in the playoffs. Basketball's not a game where he's going to play 48 minutes for 82 games and then he's going to look like... LeBron in the playoffs. LeBron takes time off because they have people that can shoot a three when they're up 30, jack it up. Now we're up 40. I can sit down. LeBron at a young age sat a lot. And that's what they need to put their roster around. Putting kind of Embiid on the pine at the end of each quarter, not the fourth quarter, but at the end of each quarter, that you can get serviceable minutes. You don't have that right now because you have a you have another baby draft like B-Ball Paul that could go wrong at any moment. Uh, it's <laughs> awesome at times, but it can go wrong at any any moment. Any yeah. moment that they will just blow up in your face. So I understand Doc Rivers only giving them three minutes here, four minutes here. <laughs> That's a, trust me, like... You wouldn't yeah. want you. Do, you don't want to see what eleven minutes is going to give you with that dude. It's not going to be good. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, that ends topic one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back from my Matthew Kachuk celebration of ending topic one. Uh, How's your shoulder? <laughs> it's good. It's good. good, good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to topic two, one of John's favorite subjects. Well, sort of. Kind of. <laughs> well, I like the Supreme Court. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Supreme Court. <laughs> I was I was talking more about 230, but uh, you know, which reminds me, when do you when do you go to the dentist? Yeah. 230. There you go. But um bum. But um I don't know. Washington Post article. Uh, Supreme Court hands tech companies a win and not just about Section 230. This is actually something we talked about uh, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in a pair of lawsuits targeting Twitter, Google, and Facebook, the Supreme Court had its first chance to take on the 1996 law that helped give rise to social media. But instead of weighing in on Section 230, which shields online services from liability for what their users post, the court decided the platforms didn't need special protections to avoid liability for hosting terrorist content. Mm. The two cases were um, both involved families of victims of ISIS terrorist attacks 
who sued the tech giants for their role in distributing and profiting from ISIS content. The plaintiffs argued that the algorithms that recommend content on Twitter, Facebook, and Google's YouTube aided and abetted the group by actively promoting its content to users. Mm. Many observers anticipated the case would allow the court to pass judgment on Section 230, the portion of the Communications Decency Act passed in 96 to protect online service providers like CompuServe, Prodigy, and AOL. RIP. The late 90s. <laughs> the late 90s called. They want their technology back. <laughs> the goal was to shield the fledgling, <laughs> fledgling consumer internet from being sued to death before it could spread its wings. Underlying the law was a concern that holding online forums responsible for policing what people could say would have a chilling effect on the internet's potential to become a bastion of free speech. But in the end, the court didn't even address Section 230. It decided it didn't need to. Once it concluded, the social media companies hadn't violated U.S. law by automatically recommending or monetizing terrorist groups' tweets or videos. John, I know you are an opponent of 230, at least sometimes. Yeah, only uh, sometimes. Are you disappointed by this ruling? No, not at all. They, they, it, uh... When you read the when you read the ruling, it made complete sense. They did not they did not break any law by what happened. Two thirty two thirty is weird. They it gives them so much power. Mm. I just want I just want them to split the power in half. I want them to not allow. Basically, ISIS shouldn't have a Twitter, but that's under two thirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, I want to yeah. split it, but I'm not going to, if me and you were having an argument on the internet and I call you a douchebag and you call me an asshole, we shouldn't be able to sue Facebook because I called you a douchebag and you called me an asshole. <laughs> I, I, like, I understand the, 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 why, what it protects or so, you know, half the, half the uh, Clapper audience when they do what they do on Clapper. <laughs> that, I understand why Clapper should not be sued because people are weird. I, you get what I mean? Yeah. I get what you mean, but I mean, I don't think ISIS has a blue check mark, you know, Twitter account. Well, I, th- I, I think they might have. At one time, I think they actually did. <laughs> thank God for thank God for Elon Musk when he took it all away and then gave it back for some yeah. reason. Because they couldn't afford the $8 a month. Um, the, you know, I think the problem is more you have individual ISIS people Yes. who are no names, but they're out there promoting the content. And how, yes. as do you as a platform with millions, Yeah, uh, dare I say, does Facebook have a billion at this point? Probably. Um, Probably in the hundreds of millions. Sure. How are you going to police every single one of those users and every single one of those posts? Yeah. I think is the issue. Yeah. Um, going to the opinion, uh, Justice Thomas, this was a... Um, was it unanimous? Uh, it was decision, a unanimous. Right? Yeah. I think there was a concurring opinion, but it was unanimous in the in the result. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice Thomas wrote the majority opinion. He said, "To be sure, it might be that bad actors like ISIS are able to use platforms like defendants for illegal and sometimes terrible ends, but the same could be said of cell phones, email, or the internet generally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yet we generally do not think that internet or cell service providers incur culpability merely for providing their services to the public writ large. Mm. Um, Thomas in particular has expressed interest in revisiting Section 230, which he sees as giving tech companies too much leeway 
to suppress or take down speech they deem to violate their rules. Mm. But his apparent dislike of online content moderation is also consistent with his opinion, which will reassure social media companies that they won't necessarily face legal consequences for being too permissive on harmful speech, at least when it comes to terrorist propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, the director of platform regulation at the Stanford Cyber Policy Center uh, advised against yeah, advised against drawing sweeping conclusions um, from the opinion. Uh, she said that these two cases were extremely weak cases for the plaintiffs. Mm. Uh, they do not demonstrate that platform immunities are limitless. Mm. They demonstrate that these cases fell within some pretty obvious common sense limits. Mm. Um, but the wording of the opinion is cause for concern to those who would like to see platforms held liable in other sorts of cases, such as the Pennsylvania mother suing TikTok after her 10 year old died attempting a viral blackout challenge. Mm. The comparison of social media platforms to cell phones and email suggests an inclination to view them as passive hosts of information, even when they recommend it to users. Matt, do you agree with the comparison that Justice Thomas made of social media to cell use internet generally? I I do. I I, I think it's a brilliant take uh, by the justice by Justice Thomas. To be perfectly honest, Steve, I think it 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 shows his wisdom and his character in that regard. I, I think the biggest problem that social media has is there are a bunch of moronic idiots out there that use this platform, and they do not know how to protect themselves from it. Or you know, and users that use that contact, they don't know how to protect themselves from it. I. I understand the idea of, okay, yeah, it's free speech and we want to get this out. And, you know, I I don't have a platform to do it and all that kind of stuff. And this allows you to do it. But there comes a certain point of responsibility. I don't mean high and mighty here, but really, I think Mm -hmm. the biggest problem with social media is when used irresponsibly, these are the problems that we are coming up with, ultimately. Is is social media ever used responsibly? (laughs) I don't. That's a great. I don't know. You know, I mean, we we talked about this in pre-production, Steve. I mean, you guys, of course, you guys both have kids. Both, you know, uh, you're with yours, Steve. You're both in the teenage, getting into the teenage Early years. teenage years, yeah. There you go. And Johnny, you've got like a, a what is it, a nine-year-old stepson. And it's like mm-hmm. you guys know social media on your phones, period. And, I, you know, I love that about both of you guys. You guys are exercising the absolute correct wisdom here to keep these kids off of social media there is no reason why a 15 12 7 9 year old needs to have a facebook account none whatsoever what's the purpose of that that's so ridiculous and even worse is instagram and you want to talk about a worthless app instagram is one of them oh absolutely honestly Honestly, it really warps a lot of people's minds and thoughts about what things are um, and what things aren't. They, they It blurs that line between the two. And if you've got a kid that sees something like this, you know, and it's like they're looking at it, oh, my gosh, you know, they don't know the difference between right, you know, between the difference of what's real and fake is really the big question here. So, I mean, I applaud Justice Thomas's decision. I think it was a great or opinion on the piece and it was a majority opinion. I also applaud the Supreme Court for actually doing something right, for crying out loud, and actually becoming, you know, to a unanimous conclusion on this. Uh, where the social media goes from here, you know, I don't know. Um, I 
to be honest with you, I think I would love to see high schools come up with some sort of like program to say, it's how you handle social media, but I'm not so sure given the state of public education these days, <laughs> you know what I mean? It really you comes gotta, down to the parents. Got to rely on the government. It really comes down to the parents. Yeah. yeah. It really comes no, down totally to the parents. It's, it's the parents. The it really parents does. have yeah. to take the responsibility here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, John, do you see a difference? I know Matt, Matt agrees with Justice Thomas. Do you see a difference between kind of the active promotion that things like YouTube and, and Twitter will do to bump up posts based on the algorithm versus just having the internet generally host your material or oh, do you I, kind of agree. Absolutely. YouTube. We see it in, uh, mm-hmm. we hit, we hit algorithms for just talking. And when we have certain tag mm-hmm. and phrases and certain things that we do pop off more so than others. So there is something out there that there is an algorithm. There absolutely is an algorithm to yep. push the content out there. It just depends on what they're doing, how, what is their algorithm? And nobody can answer that. E- Elon Musk has owned Twitter for how long? And he still can't explain the algorithm. Yeah. Like he but, s- still has no, he's hiring someone else to figure it out. <laughs> but my question is, is if, if YouTube or Twitter is, actively pushing this content mm-hmm. as a result their- of the algorithm should it be their fault and justice thomas and the supreme court you know because they all voted yes um seem to agree at least in this instance no yeah. it's, you, you you're just off you're just out there but if we have full proof because we need full proof you can't just we can't just shout at youtube you're doing something wrong and they like and we don't know they're doing something wrong if 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 we find out they are actually promoting it, then that's a problem. Like you can't actively promote terrorist acts in the United States mm-hmm. from uh, foreign countries and promote them to the youth. That I'm sure that has the Constitution probably covers that somewhere. Like you can't <laughs> you can't actively do that. That's not a good yeah. idea. But yeah. same thing, we don't know we don't know much about tech giants, so they're doing stuff that we don't know about. The first time we've ever looked inside of the tech giants is Elon Musk buying Twitter and posting his files that now he owns because he bought them Mm -hmm. on Twitter. That was the first time we ever got a look into any kind of social media because it's all it's all saved in that 230. It's they, they do not have to do anything. Yeah, it's really hard to sue them. And that. I understand early on why you would do that because that that thing would have blown up in what three weeks, but easily oh, yeah. well, three it, weeks. Even in the easily. article, Johnny. To your yeah, I was just going to say even to, in the article. To your point, really, you think about that. That was that section two thirty happened in nineteen ninety six when the mm-hmm. internet was born and created by Al Gore. Um, yeah. You know that not kind true. of a deal. Um, <laughs> not true, by the way. Um, you know, so it's it's things like that. It's like this was a burgeoning technology back then, which is almost thirty years ago. Good Lord Almighty! Yes. But oh. back, oh. yeah, that was There's a no burgeoning point, technology. <laughs> you know, seriously, my, that my... was something that was growing, but you know, it's in its infancy stages now. It's a colossal mess and a disaster because of the nefarious things that go on behind the scenes. And it's like, well, hey, this this was written in. These tech giants are like, 
this was written, you know, 1996, and this covers us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they they go to it as a failsafe, that kind of a deal. So it's, I, I would love to see big tech get regulated. I really would. I would love to see what, what these algorithms do. I, you know, and I think it's so important, not so much in the fact that you want to limit the free speech, but you want to be able to at least see what they how they are regulating the speech and especially in the united states where we pride ourselves on free speech because you know the first amendment to the constitution thank you very much how are how are they the the arbiters essentially like that to me doesn't make any sense like that there shouldn't be somebody that's higher up than the federal government to regulate somebody's speech whether or not you agree with something or not you know what i mean like you may disagree with someone's opinion, and that's fine. That's okay to disagree with somebody's opinion, but to limit that and to affect an algorithm because of that, eh, I'm not so sure about that. And it should be on the tech giants to do it. I don't know. What do you guys no, think on no. that? I think it should be on me, and Matt, your opinion is wrong. There, there you go. go. The algorithm <laughs> is kicking you out. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wanted to do it, I did not do a second Matthew Kachuk celebration because I didn't want to drop my headphones repeatedly on the table. (laughs) Um, But we're going on to topic three now here. Daily Mail article. There you go. My fellow Americans, stargazing could soon become a thing of the past. Visibility of stars in the night sky is declining by 10% per year. Thanks to light pollution, study warns. It almost sounded like a Toronto Maple Leafs article that their stars declined <laughs> by 10% per game in the playoffs. Jonathan will, let not go. I love it. <laughs> by, by the way, if you're just join if you're just joining us and the first time you're hearing us, he's not gonna let that go for at least 12 <laughs> I just like to I just, I, I love it. I want him to keep it up, Johnny. I'm yeah, just if saying. If you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and you hate what Steve is saying, Hit us up about 165. It'll be out of his system. <laughs> <laughs> Not as long as the Panthers remain in the playoffs, man. Go Panthers. There you go. There you go. Oh, but anyway, back to the article. So the human eye should be able to see several thousand stars on a clear, dark night. Uh, but the spectacular sight is vanishing due to increasing levels of light pollution, according to a new study. Observations of the night sky over the past 12 years reveal the change in visibility is equivalent to a 9.6% increase in sky brightness per year. Mm. To put this in perspective, the authors say a child born in an area where 250 stars were visible would likely see fewer than 100 stars in the same location 18 years later. Mm. Uh, according to the findings, the night sky has increased in brightness from artificial light by roughly 7 to 10% per year. This is the equivalent to a doubling of the night sky's brightness in less than eight years. Mm. Matt, concerned? Indifferent? Um, do I not care? Uh, what is it? Um, I love <laughs> I love the new uh, the uh, UK Daily Mail article, though, uh, and, the, and the headline is that visibility of stars in the night sky is declining well yes i should have read that in capital letters yeah (laughs) (laughs) by 10 percent per year um slightly concerned but at the same time go to the country if you want to see the stars honest to god like you go out like we live in we live in the great state of pennsylvania 
Mr. Steve Murray, as you know. Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Thank you very much. Sorry, not the state of Pennsylvania. Sorry. <laughs> the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Let's be technically accurate here. Yes, exactly. But if you head west, about an hour away, right in the middle of Lebanon, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, whatever you want to call it, you'll see stars. And they are gorgeous. And they are fantastic. And they are sights to behold. And it's absolutely beautiful to go out there and just you you see it. You feel the, the sense and the weight of space out there when you see you look up and you take a look. You say, holy cow, there are so many stars out here. It's ridiculous. Um city's totally different story and i get that um you know you're in the bright lights in a big city especially in, the, in that should hold as new york or toronto or you know any of the other loser boston you know things like that where you have nothing else better to do now since your hockey team's now all the playoffs ha 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 ha, ha. but i mean at the same time it's like okay you don't you don't see the stars what what was like maybe prevalent there 100 years ago so go to the country go out and get in your car get out of the city um, and start looking up and, you know, enjoy it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not I'm not overly that concerned like the UK Daily Mail article would be, um, you know, but I th- do think it's important to kind of just go out there and just, you know, and see, take a walk in the night and take a look at upstairs, you know, and, you know, and, the, and see the stars out there. So, so yeah. So your solution is move your ass. What Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 100%. Then. Yeah. Um, Get out of the cities. <laughs> um, <laughs> Connie Walker from NSF, which I assume is the, oh, it is the National Science Foundation. Yep. Okay. Yes. Uh, said that the increase in sky glow over the past decade underscores the importance of redoubling our efforts and developing new strategies to protect dark skies. Because dark skies are. Okay. Okay. Uh, com- <laughs> commenting on the study, a professor, David Rothery, a professor of planetary geosciences at the Open University. That sounds expensive. Yeah. Okie dokie. Yeah. $11 <laughs> per semester. <laughs> Maybe that, that, not that expensive. Sorry. It's the, <laughs> it's the open source university. <laughs> there um, you go. He says that local councils should take action to help reduce light pollution in the UK. Here we go. Uh, Light pollution is a serious issue, not just for those of us who would like to be able to see the stars, but for wildlife, too, he said. It is also a waste of electricity and money and therefore makes climate change targets harder to achieve. Local councils should take action here. They should revoke permissions for illuminated name and logo signs on industrial units that are currently turned on throughout the night. Um, John, I actually regret reading uh, that last sentence in, in an annoying voice because I kind of agree that it's stupid to have yeah. signs on all night if you're not open. Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree with that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but should, should governments be stepping in here for any reason? Government whatsoever? should not step in when it's a base on common sense. Um, yeah. You get it. He's right. You could you could do it. You could do it little town by little town, city by city. Like just if you're open 24 hours, guess what? After 10 p.m., you need to shut mm-hmm. your neon lights down a little bit. Like it doesn't need to be so <laughs> eh, 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 like slow it down. It's all common sense. It's, New York is is the absolute. I, I don't even know the word to use of <laughs> BS Good common old. sense light pollution because at four in the morning, it's just as bright as when the sun's out. Like, yeah, yes. 
just like if you have an apartment in Times Square, to be perfectly honest, guys, how do you go to sleep at night? Really? Honest Here, to God. Here's my curtains. Here's my thing. I've driven across the country, and I've driven when it's sunny and when it's dark. How the hell does my phone know to change to dark mode when the sun goes down? <laughs> but you can't do that for your city. It, ma- it makes no sense. To- That's what they're talking about. They're talking about yeah. Vegas is another thing. Like, we can calm that down. Most people are drunk by 12. You do not need the Luxor <laughs> going circles, and you don't need the roller thing and that thing and this thing going this way and that they they're drunk already they're they're inside gambling <laughs> they don't care like what are six people coming in the vegas at midnight like we're already Maybe. there we are we yeah. already there we're already having a good time we're already trying to get back to our room to go to sleep we've had oh our fun gosh. but that's what they're talking about they're talking about town towns like las vegas uh cities like los angeles new york like the cities that never sleep if they would just turn their fucking lights off, maybe we would sleep. Houston's the same way, too. I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I can agree with that. Uh, I was recently in the Houston area. It is bright. Um, <laughs> I I left my curtains open. I usually leave it just a crack, just so mm-hmm. if I have to get up in the middle of the night, since I'm unfamiliar with the layout of the hotel room, I know how to get to the bathroom. Yep. yep. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, and I had to close the curtain because right. there was so much damn light coming in just... Right, six inches of of curtain separation. Amazing, it's it's it is ridiculous. And you know, if if we're talking about um, wasting electricity, I do think having that kind of stuff on. Yeah, street lights keep them on because there are people who are going to be out who need to be out. It's their job to be out. No question about it. They need to be able to see. Yep. But the neon lights, you know, fresh donuts. That can yeah. wait till six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Lowe's, <laughs> you don't. If Lowe's is closed, you do not need a light on the low sign. Yeah, I would say also too. Same with the office buildings. It always troubles me. Like at ten ten thirty at night, there are office lights on. Why? Cleaning because it's like cleaning, but you don't need to turn the whole office. On. Like can you work construction? Our office building, it, the the lights in each office mm-hmm. are on uh, sensors. The auto, yeah, the auto yes. timer. So yep. they will, if mm-hmm. there's no motion in there, they will go off after yeah. a certain amount of time. That's There are certain people who don't move enough during the day that their lights automatically shut off and they have to do one of these to turn them <laughs> back on. But, I mean, at least, at least there, that's kind of taken care of. So if the cleaning people have to come through, yeah. it'll it go on for a certain yeah, amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like the lights... Yeah, you're right. There are other lights who don't do that, and yeah. it's, it's kind of silly. I mean, you do need the blinkers at the top so an airplane doesn't fly in. Oh, it. of course, yeah. But uh, you don't need to be lit up like the Fourth of July. No, uh, yeah. you know, on yeah. a, on a Wednesday night at yeah one I mean, in the morning. And I also get it too. Like, I mean, that there is a there is a glow, no question about it, in the overall ambiance of the sky when you're talking about a city light. And even into the suburbs, you still have it, and you don't see as many stars. But if you do want to see more stars, you go to the country where there's less light. It's really that simple. Just get your butt out of the city and go out to the country. <laughs> I, you know, it's that simple. It really is. It's amazing when you do it, too. I, I can't, you know, overemphasize it enough. It is it is absolutely beautiful when you go out to the country and you take a walk in the evening and you're just like, holy cow, the number of stars that are out there 
can't compare. Can't compare. So just yeah. be careful because one night I did that in Southern California Uh-oh. and there was a rustling and we ran like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Since when are you fat, John? I'm getting there, man. <laughs> you, you realize you only see him from the waist, but well, not even the waist. Yes. It's like the chest yeah. up. The you chest should see the nose, right? Yeah. You should yeah. see the belly. <laughs> <laughs> it's massive. I don't want to, Johnny. I'm, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> and I refuse to work out. It's not a, it's not a, I don't have time to work out. I'm. Well, you just hit the edit button. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. You'll be dead set on yeah. not working out. We can, you, there's Photoshop. We can always I know. I know. slim you. This is slim this, you out. This is what I've learned. Living. And people, people then ask why that championship uh, newspaper behind you has curved yep. edges. <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about fat? Well, our fourth topic AP News article Taco Tuesday, trademark tiff, flares anew between fast food competitors oh boy and john loves him a good taco apparently gonna sit yes. down for not from one. taco bell but <laughs> from somewhere <laughs> that could make a good taco yeah. declaring a mission to liberate taco tuesday for all <laughs> taco taco bell is heading into enemy territory <laughs> guns are blazing freedom fighters and all uh, they're asking U.S. regulators to force Wyoming-based Taco John's, Taco John's, Taco to abandon John. its long-standing claim to the trademark. Oh, Too many businesses and others refer to Taco Tuesday for Taco John's to be able to have exclusive rights to the phrase Taco Bell asserts in a U.S. patent trademark office filing. Mm. Taco Bell believes Taco Tuesday is critical to everyone's Tuesday. <laughs> To deprive anyone of saying Taco Tuesday, be it Taco Bell or anyone who provides tacos to the world, is like depriving the world of sunshine itself. Oh the Taco Bell filing reads. Oh I'm just putting my hand up. Pick me. Pick me. Um. A key question is whether Taco Tuesday over the years has succumbed to genericide. Dun, dun, dun. Matt, I will ask you to post the video of Dr. IP for that one. I will. Uh, New York trademark law attorney Emily Puller said, that's the term for when a word or phrase becomes so widely used for similar products, or in this case, sales promotions, that are no longer associated with the trademark holder. If you watch Dr. IP, you would know what that meant. There you go. Uh, John, I'll I'll pick on you. Thank you. Um, What do you you have to say, fat boy? (laughs) It's, it's simple. Taco Bell's absolutely right, but you're also a complete douchebag of a company for <laughs> picking on someone that doesn't have your legal team. Yeah. When I think about Taco Revolution, bro, you are not on a level to be in this conversation. Taco, please. Please take your little bell, go sit in the corner. We will figure this out from actual taco people. And then we will get back to you and tell you what you could do. You should not be the lead in any way. You, yeah. Taco shouldn't have been, you should be bell. And then you go over there and then you could serve what you call a taco, which isn't a taco, but 
Go yeah. over there and we'll let you know. Thanks for bringing it to <laughs> our, our, uh, thanks for yep. letting us know. And me and Steve yep. will work it out. You know, we'll file the proper <laughs> patents and we will take care of it. We'll let you know, little guy. Um, you're not in the conversation. So I don't think Ta Taco Tuesday should be allowed. Ta Taco Bell should not be allowed to use it. But yeah. I understand why they want to free it from because every cantina in the United States should probably be able to use Taco Tuesday. And every time you want to get a Taco Tuesday, you want to go to Taco Tuesday, every Mexican cantina bar in every city has Taco Tuesday. We can yeah. we can bring it back, but not Taco Bell. Well, John, John's You're absolutely out. right. You're um, out. Trademarks, if you follow Dr. IP, you would know. I do. Trademarks have to do with distinguishing a source of goods or services. Hmm. Um, I will be honest. I have never associated Taco Tuesday with Taco John's. There you go. I'm, yeah. I'm with John. It's always been a, a restaurant or an individual who wants to serve tacos yeah. on Tuesday. Absolutely. Use the phrase. Yep. Um, but John is incorrect about how big Taco John's is. Mm. Um, Cheyenne-based Taco John's began as a food truck more than 50 years ago. Wow. Oh, good on And him. now has about 370 locations. Wow. In 23 mainly Midwestern and Western states. Look at that. Interesting. Uh, but the, ch the chain's relatively small size has not discouraged big-time enforcement of Taco Tuesday as a trademark, Yeah, which dates to the 80s. In 2019, the company sent a letter to a brewery just five blocks from its corporate headquarters warning it to stop using Taco Tuesday to promote a taco truck parked outside on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to thank our worthy competitors at Taco Bell for reminding everyone that Taco <laughs> Tuesday is best celebrated at Taco John's, CEO Jim Creel said in an emailed statement. I like That's that guy. Yeah. We're <laughs> celebrating Taco Tuesday with taco lovers everywhere, and we even want to offer a special invitation to fans of Taco Bell to liberate themselves by coming by <laughs> to see how flavorful and bold tacos can be at Taco John's all month long. I want to work for the CEO. Right? Yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. That guy is... That was not marketing intern. That was legit CEO talk right there. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, are you uh, are you on board with... Uh, well, are you on board with him keeping Taco Tuesday as a trademark? A. And B. Um, yes. Well, I, I mean, I guess it's more of a question I would have for you, Steve, uh, in that regard. Um, Taco Tuesday, to me, that sounds, I mean, that's an obvious marketing gimmick. No question about it. And anybody can really utilize it, I think, within the organ with any organization, so long as it's not trademarked or does it have to be trademarked? That's, I guess, my question. Yeah, okay, so so what what happens here is Taco John's has a federally registered trademark mm -hmm. for Taco Tuesday. Okay. Which means they can prevent other people from using Taco Tuesday to promote their own Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, which therein lies the problem. This sounds awfully generic or at the very least descriptive. That was my next mm -hmm. Yes. Um, my next question was that sounds very generic and anybody can use it. And what are they going to, what is this 
Um, you what know, are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, right? <laughs> right. That, that, you know, and what are they actually going to do about it? Because it's not like they can just go ahead and start filing lawsuits all over the place for people. Well, that... they have a registered trademark. They could. Oh, they, they could. They, apparently, yeah. they they have a history of it. Um, okay. Taco Bell is seeking to cancel that registration. There you go. Uh, which would free it up for everybody. Viva lo taco. Um, <laughs> Except for Taco Bell. <laughs> Except, well, no, Taco Bell could be it. That's yeah, if Taco Bell's using it so they could do it. Yeah. Um, yes. They would well, be free to use. They can't trademark it themselves. Just they could just, use the term. Yeah. Just real quick so we can understand Taco Bell's uh, massive reach. They have 7,072 stores as of yesterday. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, oh, and, that and would each be, and every one of them should be, be shut down. <laughs> that would be huge for them if they get the Taco Tuesday. No Does question. That, think about it, that's a marketing campaign that goes out to seven over seven thousand stores. That would massive. They'd have a. I they, mean, that they, almost. I, they'd have if a that were to go through, is that a monopoly? Could that possibly become a monopolistic? No, because they, okay. they can't. They could if they canceled Taco John's registration. They couldn't get their own registration for Taco Tuesday. Got it. Because they've already argued against it. Yeah. And so anybody could use it. Wow. Um, it just and, wouldn't be trademarked, right? It just ta- correct. Taco That's Tuesday right. would would not be able to be trademarked because of the litigation that says why it isn't yeah. allowed to be trademarked. That's correct. Exactly. So everybody would be free to use it. But you're right. Taco Bell as a heavyweight. Oh. You know. They're going to money off of it. Yeah. 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 Let's just print the money. They beat that dog to death, terrible. so they're going to beat Taco Tuesday to death. I mean, <laughs> that poor Chihuahua. Why yeah. is a Chihuahua have to do with tacos for eleven years? But it did it. Hey, as long as it's a cute dog, that's all that matters, that's, Johnny. In the market, that's why they need to shut up and sit so. in the corner, and we'll figure this out. Yeah. Well, well, the problem is, you know, they get Taco Tuesday, and then it's Wipe Your Ass Wednesday. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Tuesday night. Why you, instead, of, instead of stargazing, you're wiping your ass on Tuesday night. How about this last few sentences of the AP article here? The Patent and Trademark Office approved the Taco John's Taco Tuesday trademark in 89, mm-hmm. even with as many letters, Creel said, the CEO. The company has never had to go to court over the phrase. He's not feeling too picked on uh, either by the much bigger Taco Bell. Creel said, quote, it's okay. It's kind of nice that they've noticed, end quote. I love that. I want to work for that guy. Seriously. I want to be like, well, I, I liked I like the tongue in cheek. Yeah. yeah. When you that, see that he's actually got three hundred and plus yeah. stores in twenty-three states, he's not really the underdog anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> if ever I'm in that area, I'm gonna look for a Taco Johns. Because <laughs> now I know who yeah. now I know who he is. Like it's, yeah, it's so- and you should get one from Taco John's, John. Seriously, I like I, mean- I like what he did. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't just come out and be, um, dismissive of it or bowing yeah. to the corporate. What he did is he used it to his marketing advantage. I, I guy's a genius. Brilliant. Like, I hope Brilliant. that makes him have six hundred or nine hundred stores. Maybe he can yeah. be with Taco Bell. There you go. What John, you got to sort them out wherever you go. I, wouldn't it be amazing though? You gotta get one of those things. I, you get one a if you John's? find a Taco John's. Seriously, I'll and you eat one. it on on our podcast, that'd be hilarious. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I eat I eat tacos and quesadillas like yeah. like people eat cheesesteaks back in Philly. That's why I moved. <laughs> that's why I moved south because I like tacos. 
Uh, it was food go. related more than work related. <laughs> I like taco. I had a brisket taco for lunch, late lunch yesterday. Yeah. I had a brisket taco and my fat ass ate the whole thing. It was awesome. <laughs> it was, oh, it was you amazing. Move, you move into Texas? Yeah. Oh, was it work related? No, tacos. <laughs> Pretty much tacos. I I eat, I eat tacos a lot. There Not what white people taco night, like actual tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. Alrighty. Well, that concludes, gentlemen, episode 138 of Two Noobs Talking. Uh, Matt or Taco John, do you have anything final to say to our audience before we uh, shut it down for the week and head to episode 139? Hey, go Philly, since now they're the only team playing in the city of Philadelphia right now. So go Phillies. Let's get above 500. Let's start winning some more. Come on. We got to get going here. Get me some starting pitching before I care. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just conclude with go Panthers. Yes. Go Panthers. Nothing to this yeah. recording. Hopefully yeah. by the time this comes out, it'll be a three spot. There you go. So until further ado or until next time, whatever the phrase is, we'll see you then. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Two Noobs Talking. If you want more of Two Noobs on social media, we're here for you. You can find us by searching Two Noobs Talking on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Clapper. Have a great week, and we look forward to delivering another great episode to you next week. Take care.